Ezra Beeldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. Welcome to the second episode of Animation and Beyond. We're talking about Dr. Seuss. Yes, and why are we talking about Dr. Seuss? Because his birthday's soon. It's on March 2nd. On March 2nd, that's right. So we are sharing 10 fun facts about Dr. Seuss that you may or may not know. But before we get into the topic of Dr. Seuss and his life and his work um, and all the fun facts that we have for you, first we want to start with sharing the answer to the trivia question from last week. So the trivia question was, what Disney film had the working title of King in the Jungle? So, Ez, what was the answer? The Lion King. They first announced the idea for that film in 1989, and they started working on it, and the script was different, and the story was different, and it was going to be much darker, and it wasn't originally planned to be a musical movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. But they later changed the title to, to The Lion King, because the main setting of the film is actually a savanna, not a jungle. Right, right. They do have the, the In the Jungle song in there. That iconic classic song from the 1960s. Right. But yeah, so they, they, the setting wouldn't have really made sense. And also, it, it, it stands out a little bit more than King of the Jungle. Yes, it's more, more original. Right, more original. A little more epic, too, I think. Yeah. And it really captured the sense of that movie. Um, great. So yeah, that was the answer to the trivia question from our first episode. Uh, stick around. We'll have another trivia question at the end of this episode. But for now, before we get into the topic of Dr. Seuss... Let's share some news. Yesterday was the Academy Awards, and I'm really ha happy that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, Yeah, and the Pixar short Bow won an Academy Award for Best Animated Short. As you said, Spy Into the Spider-Verse won. I was also very happy about that. Mm -hmm. um, it was exciting. It's a, it's a great film. Obviously, mm -hmm. all the other films that were nominated were worthy contenders. But... For instance, like... Incredibles 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, sequels to ones I know very well, which I've seen before, but Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse was much more unique and different from those. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was a really unique uh, animated film and, and superhero film, really. Definitely one of the best superhero films in recent times, in my opinion. And yeah, and then Bao won the shorts. Um, of course, Pixar has always been strong with the animated shorts that they make, um, and this year was no different. Coming out strong with Bao, which played um, before The Incredibles 2, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, congratulations to both of those uh, movies and to the creators of both of those mov uh, movies and, and shorts. Definitely well-deserved. The second news item is, what did you see this past How weekend? to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I saw it yesterday and I loved it. I thought it was great. Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, was it a satisfying conclusion to the trilogy? Yeah, it was. Awesome. That's always great to hear. Uh, what else do we got? What other news items do we got as? That this past week, just the day after the first, the latest character trailer for The Secret Life of Pets 2 was released when, when this, the latest character trailer introduced, um, Rooster, a dog who's voiced by legendary actor Harrison Ford. And fun fact about that, apparently, as you told me, that this is his first voice acting role. Yeah. Um, which is surprising, just given his his long career in, in movies that he's never done voice acting before. I know, and then, but the latest trailer I was also trying to say was the first teaser trailer for the Angry Birds movie too. The second animated feature based on the popular 
Angry Birds video game franchise, and it introduces a new bird character named Zeta, who lives in an ice palace. Awesome. And when's that movie coming out? August 16th. August 16th. We'll definitely have to mark that down for our calendars. All right, so that's the news update for this episode. So now, let's get started talking about Dr. Seuss. He was born in, on March 2nd, 1901. 1904. Yeah. Where was he born? In Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. And he passed away on September 24th, 1991. And a fun, well, I don't know if it's a fun fact, really. But actually, that was my first birthday. I was born on September 24th, 1990. So I don't know what to make of that. But there it is. Early in his career, Dr. Seuss worked on... Comics, cartoons, covers for various magazines um, before he got started in writing children's books. Yeah. So now we are going to share 10 fun facts about Dr. Seuss, about his life, his work, and things we just find interesting about Dr. Seuss himself. So, Ez, why don't you start off with the first fun fact? Dr. Seuss's real name was Theodore Geisel. His middle name was Seuss, and he adopted the doctor because his father wanted him to practice medicine. But it wasn't his only pen name. He also wrote the name Theo Lasig. Geisel spelled backwards for books he wrote but didn't illustrate. Right, yeah. So he wrote on it a lot of different pen names. That's so interesting that not everybody knows what his real name was. Right. Yeah, it's not common knowledge. So that's, well, now you know. Yeah. So fact number two. So Dr. Seuss's first book, uh, which was called And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, was actually rejected 29 times by publishers before it was finally published. Yeah. And what I find fascinating, some of the reasons that the publishers gave for why they rejected his book, some said that they couldn't sell fantasy books. So could you just tell us a little bit about what And to Think? A boy named Marco who imagines on his way to school a horse-drawn open cart who imagines there's being something bigger and having a lot more stuff. Right. Yeah, so so it's this very imaginative story and uh, publishers, for whatever reason, thought that wouldn't sell. Other publishers said that children's books written in verse were out of style, that they wouldn't sell either. So, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street was written in verse like a lot, like most of, if not all, of Dr. Seuss's books um, were written in verse. The final reason that they said they rejected it for is that many publishers didn't like that the book lacked a clear moral message. And so there's this idea that if you're writing a children's book, there has to be some simple theme that kids can take away, like it is bad to steal or something like that. But in fact, Dr. Seuss specifically really hated that um, and he didn't want to do that with his books. But it was finally published in 1937 by Vanguard Press. So it got published. Yeah. All right, as fun fact number three. He wrote The Cat in the Hat to help children learn how to read. Published in 1957, Cat in the Hat was the first of Seuss's beginner books. A big reason why Cat in the Hat was written was in response to a report that found illiteracy among children was rapidly rising. William Ellsworth Spaulding, then the director of the education division at Houghton Mifflin, challenged Seuss to write a book incorporating 250 words he thought first graders should know. Cat in the Hat managed to include 236 of the provided words. Yeah, which I think is pretty remarkable. Just, uh, I don't know how many people have had tried to write a story where they were given a words list that they had to incorporate all those words into the book. 
I've tried doing that before with with a story that had to get, I think, 20 different words into it. And that was really hard. So I cannot imagine managing that for 250 words. So the fact that he was only 14 words off really is incredible to me. Yeah. It was an easy, simple book that taught kids how to read and about a cat who wears a red and white hat. That story um, book changed the world, and it was one of the most acclaimed, most iconic children's picture books of all time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, who doesn't know Cat in the Hat? And that that really changed children's books. And the Cat in the Hat is easily considered Dr. Seuss's mascot. Yeah, definitely. Now for fun fact number four. So Dr. Seuss, we all know Dr. Seuss for writing children's books, right? But during World War II, he actually took a hiatus from writing children's books to work on political cartooning. So he drew more than 400 cartoons, political cartoons for newspapers um, in just two years. And then later, he enlisted to the army as a captain. And part of his duties was that he commanded the animation department of the first first motion picture unit of the Air Forces, um, where he created a series of training and propaganda films that supported the war effort. And in fact, um, for his work, he was awarded the Legion of Merit. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a side of Dr. Seuss's career that a lot of people just don't know about. So yeah, that's interesting. So... All right, as fun fact number five. Dr. Seuss wasn't afraid to talk politics in his children's books. Well, Dr. Seuss didn't like to preach in his books. A few of his books had explicit political messages. A few examples are the Lorax, which contained a strong environmental message. The Sneetches, which promoted racial equality. And Yurl the Turtle a powerful anti-authoritarian story where the titular Yertle paralleled Adolf Hitler. Yeah, so just going off the last one fact, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss, we, I think we see him as this this really wholesome children's author, but but he wasn't afraid to send a strong message, right? They had good messages, like the Lorax, about environmental things. Yertle the turtle about how there's a turtle who's kind of a dictator, and he thinks that nothing can be stronger or more powerful than him, but he can't be stronger than anything else or more powerful than anything else in the world. Um, and then the Sneetches, two birds who, like, ones with stars, like, ostracize the ones without, but they later learn that, much like how blacks and whites were not equal, but they're, but, but they should be equal now, like, they, like, as always, the, the Sneetches, stars and with and stars without, got along. Right. Yeah, and I think that those stories are still relevant today. You know, these these are concerns that unfortunately are still concerns today. His stories resonate, I think, for yeah. that reason. All right, fun fact number six. So Seuss, as we know, he wrote children's books. Mm-hmm. He also did political cartoons. But did you know, as that he won an Oscar as well? Uh-huh. So Dr. Seuss was actually the writer of an animated short film called... Yeah. Gerald McBoing Boing. Yeah. The, so the story of that film is that it's about a boy who only speaks in sound effects. And the short was a hit with audiences and critics alike. Uh-huh. And it actually won the, the Oscar for Best Animated Short. Uh, fitting that we, we yeah. talked about the Oscar. And also because it also, that short also has a good message. Right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Because about, about some people who have disabilities with verbally, who can't say really any words verbally, and how... That, that's really nothing wrong with that. 
that. Right. Yeah. And and how he nonetheless communicates anyway, uh, despite the fact that he can't so so ne- so they can still understand him even without any actual words. Right. Right. Yeah. So obviously it was a big hit and it actually won an Oscar. Um, it wasn't the only film that he worked on. He also wrote a musical called The Five Thousand Fingers of Doctor T. Yeah. Unfortunately, at the time, the film was panned. Um, I'm not sure if this is the case, but but Seuss would never work on another film after that. And I think part of that might have been because his work after uh, Gerald McBoing Boing just wasn't received well. Got it. Yeah. But initially that Five Thousand Fingers of Dr. T movie initially was not well received, but it took years to come to have it better received from critics. Yeah. So I definitely would be interested in watching watching this film. Now for fun facts number, what are we on, seven? Mm Mm-hmm. Seven. Seuss collaborated with legendary animator Chuck Jones. Seuss's books have been frequently adapted into a number of movies, shows, and TV specials. But his first two specials, How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Horton Years a Who, stand out for for who he worked with, Chuck Jones, the renowned creator of Looney Tunes. Yeah. That is fascinating to me that just these two juggernauts of, of the children's cartoons, children's books coming together. It's it's like a dream team. It's like something. Like Chuck Jones, the king of classic slapstick cartoons, collaborates with Dr. Seuss, the king of children's books. Exactly. And so I think that's a big reason why, especially How the Grinch Stole Christmas, why that is such a classic. Because you just have these two talents really at the peak of their craft coming together and, and working on something together. The How the Grinch Stole Christmas cartoon was during the same time as other iconic classic Christmas specials like Mr. Magoo, Mr. Magoo, Charlie Brown, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Little Drummer Boy, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and others. Right. And the, it was the golden age of those holiday classics. So right in the middle of it was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And speaking of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, that leads to fun fact number eight, which is that the Grinch got not one, not two, but three animated TV specials. I think everybody knows about How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but Dr. Seuss's creation got two more specials after that special came out. The first one was Halloween is Grinch Night, which came out in 1977. And the second one was The Grinch Grinches the Cat in the Hat in 1982. Those two specials, I think, aren't as well known as How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure part of it is the fact that How the Grinch Stole Christmas was a holiday special. So, you know, every every single Christmas, every single Christmas season, that movie gets played over and over and over. Yeah, because it's among the most treasured of holiday classics. And so it's just, it gets embedded into the culture. I'm interested. Have you seen, have you seen either of the other two? Specials? I've seen them both. Yeah. Yeah. But how, what do you, what do you think about those movies? Good. And the third one also was wonderful too. And it had the Grinch for the first time meeting the cat in the hat. Right. The, the clash, the bringing together these two. Someone mean spirited and bitter with somebody playful and friendly. Right. How'd that relationship work out in the movie? It was creative and funny. Nice. Would you recommend them? Yeah, they're really good and creative. Okay. Awesome. So now that leads to fun fact number nine. Seuss's creations inspired their own Muppets shows. Show. In 1996, the Jim Henson Company created the Wubulous World of Dr. Seuss, 
a Muppets-style show that featured puppets based on famous Dr. Seuss characters alongside original characters. The show ran for three years. Tell, tell me a little bit more about what that show was like. As The main character was the cat, who was also the host, and it featured little cats A through, Z, A through Z from the second Cat in the Hat book, The Cat in the Hat Comes Back. And it also had other familiar characters such as Horton, Fidwick, Yertle the Turtle, Sam I Am, the Grinch, and a lot of other characters. It was, like, in the style of, like, the Muppets and Sesame Street and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's not not the only, obviously, not the only adaptation of Seuss's works. There have been a number of adaptations. So one of them is The Seussical, yeah. which was a 2000 Broadway musical that featured stories and characters from a lot of his... It was like Hortner's a Hale combined with a lot of other classic stories. So a lot of different characters. So it's a similar vibe, I think, as The Webulous World. And then, Ezra, you were mentioning to me that there were, at theme parks, there are different attractions. At, you know, at Universal Studios Florida in the Islands of Adventure Park, there's an area called Seuss Landing where they have some rides. And one of them is a, is a ride based on the Cat in the Hat story where it's a dark ride and it's kind of fast. And according to what I've read, it's supposed to be... It's supposed to be a bit like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride from Disneyland and formerly at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Really just amazing how much stuff has been made that has been inspired by Dr. Even a cruise line, I think, right? Yeah, a couple years ago. Seuss at Sea. Right. So there's a, a line of ocean cruises, oddly enough, based on Dr. Seuss characters. So it's I think it's a bit that you go on and, and you can meet Dr. Seuss characters and see Dr. Seuss stories. Yeah. So that leads to our last fun fact. Um, speaking of adaptations, his books are still being adapted. Yeah. Uh, so currently, right now, PBS Kids has an adaptation called Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About That. It's based on a series of educational books called The Cat in the Hat Learning Library. Right, yeah. So so it's an educational show. In similar vibe, I think, to Sesame Street. It's a, it's a like a flash animated show, and it teaches the cat who goes with Dick and his sister Sally, along with Thing 1 and Thing 2, where the cat teaches them about wonderful, amazing things. Yeah, so there's that show. Then, meanwhile, right now, Netflix and Warner Brothers are collaborating on a Green Eggs and Ham show. And then, Ezra, you were telling me that there are a number of computer animated adaptations coming up soon. So I think we're familiar with, with the... And uh, the new Green Eggs and Ham show will premiere on Netflix this fall. Right. Film adaptations, like the first two, were live action. The first, the 2000 Grinch film with Jim Carrey, and then a few years later, the live action Cat in the Hat film with Mike Myers. Yeah, so it's fascinating. Um, just they keep getting, for good reason, they keep getting adapted. They're, they're just these beloved stories, and it's amazing that... Um, yeah, they have also did computer animated feature from 20th Century Fox and Blue Sky Studios of Horton Years Who, and then Universal Pictures and Illumination Entertainment did The Lorax, and then a few months ago, they did a computer animated remake of The Grinch. Yeah. And Warner Brothers is going to do a computer animated remake of The Cat in the Hat and some more Dr. Seuss stories. That's really awesome. I didn't know about that. Well, we'll definitely have to keep our eye on, out for those adaptations. Uh, perhaps when they come out, we'll, we'll have to talk about them. All right. So that's our episode about Dr. Seuss. He's created, he was, he's creative, imaginative, quirky, interesting, and does some of, some fun stories with fun characters. Right. And they, I mean, those are all reasons why he's still stuck around as, as his books have stuck around. As one of the most famous people in the world. Right. And why his books are still being read by kids and adults alike. 
So yeah, I hope you learned something from our, our collection of 10 fun facts about Dr. Seuss in celebration of his birthday this March 2nd. So that will close our second episode. So if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, requests for future episodes, please send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you have to think. And what are we going to be talking about for the next episode? Wonder Park, the new animated film, which is out in theaters March 15th. Right. It's an original movie. Yep. Um, So we're going to be talking about that. Last but not least... To close our episode, we are going to finish up with a trivia question. Mike Myers is the voice of Shrek, but who was it originally going to be? That's right. So if you know the answer, send us an email. Otherwise, check in to our next episode to uh, hear the answer. Uh, In the meantime, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.